comforting classics, fresh new content, something old, something new. Join Emma and Lucy each month for a new podcast from Fan Critical. Hello and welcome to another episode of Something Old, Something New, the show where Lucy, that's me, and Emma discuss the old classics that we love and the new or new to us at least films or tv that we have been enjoying recently emma how have you been uh busy and um glad that we're finally coming into what i like to refer to as springtime which is the month of february uh coming towards the month of march where the spring flowers come out the sun shines for longer Mm, spring uh, spring flowers sprouting as they say and I feel like we've had some deceptively warm days where you think, oh yeah, it's basically summer. And then no, it's actually really cold. February's still winter, but it is getting lighter, which never ceases to amaze me. No matter how many years I've spent on this planet, when it starts getting lighter at the end of winter, I'm like, oh my God, it's actually light at five. And uh, it's miraculous to, uh, like for a change, be able to, I don't know, leave the house after work and it's still a bit of sunshine. Yeah, you're not pitch black. And same in the mornings, it's not pitch black when you wake up um so yeah pretty nice so we're all looking forward to what spring slash summer brings um i'm gonna come to you first regarding our topics for today so if you could tell me your something old please emma so my something old this month uh is a favorite that i believe and i i like to think lucy you will agree uh is a it's sort of late 80s early 90s classic oh, yeah that's a that's a good uh, time for film and tv well actually indeed not tv more film so this, this is a film that has uh undercover cops from the fbi oh it has waves it has surfers oh, it yes. has drugs it has bikers it has keanu reeves oh, and it has patrick swayze classic. it is the classic point break absolutely love it so the other night joe and i were sat and it joe has watched I will say probably every movie that's ever been released ever. Yes, we've heard this um, before about get him on the pod. Yeah, to be fair, he should be doing this. You charlatan, get him involved. Indeed, what a hack I am. <laughs> um, and I, I said, Do you know what I fancy? I fancy a classic action flick, but something you know with a bit of substance. Uh, and by substance, I mean you know beautifully attractive, floppy-haired men. Just surfing, um, just you know, it's crime, but with surfers. Like, why hasn't that been done before or since? We don't talk about the remake. No, we will never talk about the remake. Ever, ever, ever. And Joe said, oh, what about uh, what about something with Keanu? Always. And I went, oh, you can't go wrong. What are you thinking? Bill, Bill and Ted, Constantine? He went, no, what about Point Break? And I thought, it's an excellent choice, actually. That is an excellent it choice. It is. And, and you forget, actually, what a bloody fantastic storyline it is. I mean, there's everything in this. There's skydiving. There's drug raids there's murder there's shootouts there's motorbikes there's people being beaten up because they're surfing in the wrong place there's presidential masks worn by robbers there's bank robbery actual like full-on bank robbery there's a an escape in a plane there's parachuting keanu fires his gun up in the air and goes ah to quote Hot there's Bar. a host- hostage situation yeah it is very i mean it's got everything you can watch that film and i think yeah as i said like hot fuzz obviously makes reference to it but a lot of the uh tropes that we see in action films since then have kind of come from that and i think the central relationship slash friendship slash um antagonism between 
Patrick. I was going to say Patrick Kilty. New Patrick Swayze and uh, Keanu is really interesting and something that does get revisited in other films. You know, the the hunter versus the hunted. But I think this does it in a really interesting and fresh way. Yeah, it does. And actually, I think the chemistry between Keanu and Swayze is my favourite part of the film. Mm. That is the love story of Point Break. It really is. For me. Um, so yeah, a couple of things that are my favourite things about this film. Um, one is when Keanu first first like surfing lesson, and he is so fucking shit. It's and, a hard um, sport. I could not surf. You have to have upper body strength for one, so that rules me out. Core, and I don't core. have a core. What rules it, me out? Apple core, maybe, yep. but nothing more. Have to be able to stand up straight. Yeah, I struggle just no, on I'm dry land, let alone on a board on water. It's very hard. Um, and there's a bit where she's yelling at him, uh, both legs up at the same time. And then she's going, you've got it. And he's still got one knee down. <laughs> oh. um, but my my second favourite bit is the kind of what you'd almost now call, I suppose, a post-credit scene where obviously he's left the bureau and then all of a sudden oh, you realise yeah. where he is and he's made it to that beach in Australia for the 50-year storm. And there he is, there's Swayze in a poncho. Yeah. Like just some random country-esque poncho uh, and it, and Keanu eventually relents and he lets him go and surf that last wave, which of course he's never coming back from because sometimes you ride the wave so hard, you die. Yeah, that is the message of this film, I think. If anything, it's a cautionary tale. They are adrenaline junkies, aren't they? The criminals. Yeah. So not only are they but criminals, I... they're adrenaline junkies. They love skydiving and just extreme yeah. sports. Very unusual. Uh, what? I think it's quite fascinating, actually, the film in the respect that, like, the relationship between Keanu and and Swayze, that no matter how bad it gets, they still really have this, like, mutual affection and respect for each Mm. other. There's a real, like, something beyond a friendship has been formed there, hasn't it? I think Keanu wants to join secretly, but he's too much of a... I think he 100% does. He's a goody two-shoes. He's too much of a goody two-shoes to actually break the law but I think he loves the camaraderie and the kind of brotherhood and the excitement of it all as well well you think about when they basically kidnap him make him jump out of a plane he doesn't he's not quite sure if he believes his parachute is yeah. you know safe well I don't think we, we don't believe around. it do we we don't know we're like no. you're gonna kill him because he's a fed even when you rewatch it there's still that little bit of fear where you think has he got a shoe yeah. in that bag but that, but then it, it becomes all of them in this group flying and floating through the air, free falling from a plane, holding hands and just really reveling in the thrill and the rush of you know being so alive yet so close to death. Where mm. you really that's that's how you understand the relationship between all of them, and I just think it's excellent. That's a lovely, it's, really it's an amazingly well shot scene. The scene you're talking about, the skydiving, again for an action film. Um, I think it's quite unusual to have something like that because of the beauty of it. It's like balletic, the way they float through the sky, fall through the sky, I guess you'd say. Falling with style. Fall rapidly towards their own death. Certain death. Yeah. Almost certain death. Well, I mean, one, you're more likely... one of them does die, don't they? In that skydive uh, or gets shot. Something happens. No, so towards the end where we're going to rescue Keanu's new love, who did lose her parents in a car accident, unlike the liar that is Keanu, the uh, FBI agent. Yeah. Um, when So one of the guys gets shot um, and then he's thrown out of the plane with all the money in a bag and, you know, he's alive when he gets thrown out and pulls the parachute and then he's dead by the time he hits the ground. Obviously, because he's been shot. Yes, that's in it. The I knew that there was a parachuting death 
even if it's not caused by the parachuting. Anything filmed before, say, like, I don't know, 98, 99, that's an action film, still has a bit of heart to it. And usually not, not CGI. So you've got stunts, that, yeah. which I think really helps. Actual stunts. Yeah. and does really help. And they have these big stars. I'm not sure how big stars they were at the time, to be fair, but they, they have these charismatic stars in them, which I just think, action films now, I just, you just couldn't really probably pay me to watch one, unless... Dwayne the Rock no, Johnson's in all... one. But these old ones, the nineties oh, yeah. ones, yeah, we went through a real phase of like the fugitive and just all the kind of Harrison Ford ones. Mm. Um in the line of fire, all of that. It's just they're just different cheddar, really. They're just different to what's around now. Absolutely. They are and they age so well. They like do. They cheddar. do. <laughs> just bring uh, it back to cheese. Has... Every time, always. But, and actually, you know, cheese is a good point because a lot of people say that the 80s and 90s, like classic action films, are cheesy. I don't think they are. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. I think I they've don't... got a heart, they've got a story. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, this is sort of a serious film, but it obviously has the fun elements with the extreme sports. But it, it takes a story, it pays the story respect and it takes it seriously without it being like po faced. And you also, I think you really feel the kind of gut wrenching revelation that the people who he, I think Keanu now sees as as family really they've opened up this whole new world to him um it, when he realizes that they're the people he's supposed to be trying to bring down mm. and that you know the the absolute like tear between the right thing to do and what his heart wants him to do is just like you really feel it I genuinely really think you do I, I, I think it's an excellent excellent piece of film and has Keanu ever looked better? Oh my! Has anyone looked better in film? He looks so good. Don't want. I don't want to. Uh, what's the word? My brain is a sieve, and I haven't had much sleep, and I'm a bit hungover. Yeah, um, objectify him. Don't objectify no, and, uh, him. But he's just beautiful to look at on screen. He is. He is always beautiful. But I will say, I think this is Swayze's hottest role. I don't like his hair. I don't like his hair. You don't- I don't I like his hair. I wasn't looking much at the hair, to be honest. I was looking a lot of the neck down. God bless him and rest him. Patrick Swayze doesn't really do anything for me. Even as Johnny Castle. Like, I get it, but I, I'm not like... Really? Like, yeah, I'm just not attracted to him at all. I think he's charismatic and I enjoy his screen presence, but I'm not... I don't know. Not for me. Maybe it's the character. Maybe it's the but character the, as well. But how can you get like, past you know... the hair? The hair's really bad. Sorry. Oh, I don't necessarily... Well, no, I mean, you know, this is why we'll never fight over men, Lucy. Yeah, I'm more, I mean, normally blonde is very much my wheelhouse, but yeah, no, I'm not Patrick Swayze. But there you go. Rest in peace. Listeners, you've learned something new. Swayze blonde surfer dude hair is not. Not like that. It's almost like a bowl cut, like the fringe is too short. I just don't like it. Um, But that's, that's me, you know, each to his own. Indeed. Different strokes for different Um, folks. Um, what? So I highly recommend if you need a uh, a little kind of throwback, then then that's you watch. Where Lucy, did you watch it? Month. I mean, I actually uh, do you remember way back when in early lockdown when we all thought it was actually we're doing something good like stay home, save the NHS. Um, I was still pregnant as well. Um, we watched it, and we yeah, uh, I don't think Aaron had seen it, so we watched it and we enjoyed it. I believe it's on the Netflix. Okay, good. So listeners out there. If you're in the UK, you can get it on the UK Netflix. How many on the UK Netflix? blueberries would you give it? Do we usually blueberry? Because I feel like we should. I feel like we should. We're going to blueberry today. Why not? Let's share some love. Mm. Uh, I, I, this is a solid four bloob. Yes, I would agree with that. It's not a five. It has its faults. Uh, the hair, mainly. Bloob. The haircut is actually mm. minus a bloob. 
I think Keanu's has worse than Swayze's, let's be honest. He's got a floppy 90s boy brand yes, haircut. The, the dream, the dream hair. Ah, oh, the 90s. Mm. Um, yeah, Solid 4 Blue, I think, you know, it's an excellent rewatch. You can watch it again and again. If you've never seen it and you are into this sort of genre, I mean, it does literally have everything. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point they even smoke peyote. So Yes, I know. think they do at the beach. Bit of, bit of 90s drug culture in there for you as well. So there's some American football. Uh, it caters to everybody's tastes and likes, I believe. So um, highly recommend a watch. And yeah, four, four bloobs from there. Yeah, I will co-sign that. So that's your something old. Um, I'll do my something new now. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of new things that I've watched recently. Um, and obviously we only really cover one of each, but there's been a few like documentaries on Netflix and just things that I've watched, but I have singled out one thing, a film, a Netflix film. Um, I think it was released hmm, at the end of last year, like sort of Christmas time, but it's new to me. And it is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. I don't know if you've seen this. It's on Netflix. I think it was released directly on Netflix. With Olivia Colman. Yes. And Dakota Johnson. Yes. Have you watched it? Yes. Right, good. So, okay, good. So excited to hear what you think. Um, yeah, so as you've seen it, you'll kind of know what I mean when I say there's not much plot, but anything I do say may give some things away. Um, not much happens really, does it? No, I think it's one of those films that's very, um, it's beautifully shot. It's heart, the story is heart-wrenching in that it's a very simple story. Um, and it's very easy to be caught up in it. But the pl- but- plot-wise, there's not a lot of action. Um, so just for listeners um, who haven't seen it or are not aware of it. So it's, yeah, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's an adaptation of a short story by Elena Ferrante, um, starring Olivia Colman, uh, Dakota Johnson and Jesse Buckley, who plays the younger version of Olivia Coleman. So there's like a dual narrative. So we see Olivia Coleman's character Leda um on holiday in a Greek island. Looks absolutely lovely. Um oh, yeah. and the action flashes back to I would say maybe like twenty years prior, maybe a bit more. What would you say? Twenty, thirty years. Twenty twenty to thirty. Yeah, yeah. maybe twenty five years to the young Leda, um, who is the mother of two young children, two young girls, uh played by Jesse Buckley. And you get from these flashbacks just the effect that motherhood had on Leda and you see her full of love and full of life for her girls but also very much smothered by motherhood and the the sense of self that can Marriage. that can go from being a mother and it's quite taboo some of the stuff that is covered because i don't think you see that side of motherhood really ever um it's very honest which is essentially Mothers that are not maternal, um, mothers that maybe chose work over their children um, or other relationships. Yeah, it was it was very confronting. And watching it as a mother, I, I kind of there are parts of it that I can kind of relate to. But it is very specific to mothers. I think like those feelings. It's not just parenthood. It is the experience of being a mum. So yeah, you get these. The you see. It's very mysterious to begin with, isn't it? With Leda on this island and her interactions with this group of like, I guess they're Italian-American, are they? Or are they Greek-American? No, they're Italian-American, I think. 
that was the impression I got. Yeah, I get the impression they're Italian, but then they had family on this Greek island, so maybe it's just you know a, a mishmash of cultures. So again, yeah, Nina um, is played by Dakota Johnson, and the kind of catalyst for the, some of the action and, and the story that will unfold on the island in that present day timeline is her daughter goes missing. Um, and that sort of seems to do something to the character of Leda and leads her on this path where she does a few baffling things. Um, so there's a kind she of... She a few really fucking mental things. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. I, I have to admit, when I first started watching it, so I would describe it as um, like a tableau of motherhood mm, mm. from from different perspectives and, and from different times. Not times as in time and date, but like different... Um, the different stages of mother eras yeah and different eras as well and I, I think it's interesting that you say you know it's it's very much made for you know it's from the perspective of a mother I actually found it quite interesting from the perspective of a daughter yeah seeing it because I don't currently have children um seeing it from the perspective of a daughter who has a mother if that makes sense yeah um and and seeing you know seeing it from their eyes and kind of seeing the two different sides from it i thought it was really interestingly done when i first started watching it i did think it was going to be a murder mystery yeah i wasn't i was watching it with aaron and he was sort of like oh i will say like this isn't really a spoiler but i know some people would probably want to know it's not about children dying because i i wouldn't want to watch anything if no, no, no. So it's nothing like that it's like a psychological thriller kind of a mystery because there's allusions to her relationship with her children now as an ad, like, you know, as a middle-aged woman. And you do wonder like what has happened. And it kind of, it's revealed through the flashbacks and her interactions with Nina. So the younger mother who is also very stifled by motherhood, you can see that she's not always coping that well. We're having to be on demand for her child. Um, you've got her sister who is pregnant, um, yeah there's all these different sort of facets of motherhood and just the toll that it can take and i it, it is yeah nothing really happened but and it, but it was quite like tense and hard to watch there's a lot of watching people watching other people who are yeah. also being watched mm. and i think also the dynamics of marriage yeah yeah i think that's quite an interesting part of it um you know and, and what it's like for women to not fit into the mold that they're expected to fit into as wives and mothers you know like as, as you were saying you know people are not necessarily natural mothers or naturally maternal in in the way that is expected of yeah. a mother um i thought it was excellent and uh, olivia coleman is stunning she's so every good single thing she does like she blew me away in this and it's also because she's not a conventional mother but she's also not a conventional woman because she's spiky and she's unfriendly and she won't just yield. And I think so much of being a woman is trying to be nice and softening the edges and um, making things easier for other people. And she just doesn't do it. She's quite rude. She's quite brisk when they ask her if she doesn't mind moving. Well, actually, they don't. They don't ask her, do they? The family at the beach say, you don't mind moving, do you? So we can all sit together. And she's like, no, I do mind she does she's not and you worried she's fa- fair enough they weren't very polite so she wasn't very polite either but you don't I quietly see, applauded you don't see that on on screen much the, these women that you know she's not rude but she's just very blunt and it, it, it's quite confronting at times to to watch someone like that when you're just used to women yeah just having to like facilitate the emotions of others 
Well, she's not a stereotypical subservient woman, and actually, and that's that's portrayed in some of the flashbacks, but also in you know her her job. She's a lecturer. Mm. She's she's an academic. Yeah, and she was she was a budding female academic in a time where that wasn't really okay. Yeah, like really a scholar of um, language, like incredible linguistic scholar, mm. and actually for me, fascinating. I love linguistics, and I think. Um, it was very interesting, but also then to see kind of the flip side of that of, of her when she was ever so slightly unhinged in this, yes, and not not in a kind of psychotic way, but more um, just emotionally unhinged. It seemed like she was having an episode, though. What, what some of the things she does and then doesn't do, you think, why are you like you? You've lost your mind a bit to to do this, and then to not even try and hide it. So here's a question for you, Lucy. What did you think of the ending of this film? Oh, I don't want to spoil anything. Without spoiling it, oh, okay, I'll describe my feelings towards it. Um, is that it was ambiguous. It's an ambiguous ending. And I think you can think, I'm sure there's more than two, but um, oh, I don't know how to, I, I don't really know what to say without spoiling. No, it's different. I'll just do a little spoiler. This is a spoiler warning. So I'm going to kind of, it's not going to give away the ending, but it's going to give away the, the potentials for the ending. So if you think, no, I want to watch this, I don't want to know, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Okay, warning, warning done. Um, I think she's dead. I hope she is in the way that that <laughs> would have given me... I just hope she's just died. More... <laughs> just hope she's fucking dead. Um, just that it would be a more kind of solid wrapping up of things and I I thought that too and I kind of hope for it but I quite like the fact that it was ambiguous and I wasn't really sure if she was yeah we can make our own decisions okay so spoiler over over um yeah it was it's hard I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people I can't say oh this was really good like really enjoyed watching it um because I felt quite tense throughout but it is very well made yeah really well shot the music was good art direction performances um not overly long yeah i thought it was no 90 minutes it was good it was a good film uh thought-provoking and beautiful i thought and yeah you'd have to be in a certain frame of mind to watch it and i wouldn't for example suggest john watch it no i don't know he might he might see something in it it just doesn't really go anywhere but i think it's more the ideas at the heart of it Uh, some of the scenes are quite hard to watch i found like oh gosh um emotionally but yeah, very. It was a worthwhile watch. It's just yeah, I, not an easy film to describe or to maybe recommend. But no, blueberry. It's a wise, very ambiguous podcast. Yeah, I was going to ask you what your bloobs would be. I find it difficult because if I give it three, kind of under undermines it a bit. But four, I would only really give something four if I really enjoyed it. So I don't know. I'll give it three. Three is still a respectable. I'll give score. it three. Although quality wise, it's probably a four, but enjoyment wise for me i would give it a three and that's the lost daughter on netflix so i'd ugh. yeah give it a go if you're into something quite dark and psychological and unsettling without being explicit yeah i agree oh wicked choice Lucy. Oh, i'm, I'm really I'm so glad pleased. that you've watched it as well because it's good to actually talk about it and not try and explain it to someone when you can't really give anything away yeah i have further thoughts to share with you offline um about things that may also be spoilers and i apologize to listeners that you may also be able to hear my cat purring next to me now oh a little uh, bonus. In a very strange tone so i'll be interested 
to see whether you've seen this. So um, this is a newly released film this last week on in cinemas and on Disney+. And it's the prequel to a loved series of films. It is The King's Man. Oh, no. Um, okay, well, firstly, it was the most enjoyable two hours I've had sat in front of the telly in a very long time. It wow. was so the, the to give everybody the idea. So if you ever watched Kingsman with Taron Egerton um, and Colin Firth and various other you know Brit- interesting British characters, men, yep. um, this is essentially the prequel to such with Rafe Fiennes, um, Jimon Hunsu again. Oh yeah, I think it's Blood Diamond. Jimon, Jimon, like Simon. I remember Jimon yeah. Hunsu. Love him. Uh, love him. And then you've also got. Risa fans, Tom Hollander, and Matthew Good. Uh, so it starts at the very, very uh, turn of the 20th century, but really the majority of the film is set um, uh, around the uh, the start of World War One. So you'll, you'll recognise oh. some famous characters from history, such as Franz Ferdinand, uh, Rasputin. Don't you know? You say you don't know. Sorry. Rasputin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ra, Rasputin. No, Love You've just reminded me of something quite funny is that Joe said to me in the middle of the film, he said, what was Rasputin's first name? Wasn't it? Ra, ra? <laughs> ra, ra. It's like Igor, he, wasn't it? He did not think it was funny. Igor. Uh, no, I think it was something like... Ilovinich. Because uh, he was U- Ukrainian. It was something very Eastern European-esque. Um, it was... Uh, Risa fans playing Rasputin. <laughs> the party it, was born possibly... to play. Uh, Honestly, it's one of the most genius casting characterization like pieces of art, to be honest, that I've ever seen. Wow. It was absolutely genius. It had me in stitches. But what I will say, and I think you'll know this from the Kingsman series, the King's Man, not only is it funny, it has a bit of heart. Um, there are some fantastically choreographed fight scenes, but it was also incredibly historically accurate. That is always a plus in these films. I mean, that, you can suspend your um, disbelief, that's fine, but if they bother to get some of the facts right, that is a plus. Yeah, absolutely. I, do you know what? I, for for the So there's a piece in it where a young lad is on in the trenches and we all know what that was like in the First World War. And it's there are some really heartbreaking pieces in there. And I, think, I, and I did say when we were watching this that there's one particular scene that felt really incongruous in a way in this film because obviously it's supposed to be more humorous, it's good fun, it's mm. a bit of a jolly, you know, a bit of a, an escapade that genuinely reminded me of how I felt in some of the scenes of 1917. Okay, haven't seen that. Um, and Dunkirk have seen that um, film. so very much you know heartbreaking young men at war being sacrificed on the front kind of thing not uh, you know not obviously intentionally but basically in hindsight there were um, and it felt really odd but it, in the moment it was stunning like really stunning it, it's so brilliantly shot I mean they must have had a massive budget although Quite hilariously, uh, Tom Hollander does play three different royals uh, hmm. who are all related to each other, which is quite funny. I bet I can name the royals. Go on then. Kaiser Wilhelm. Correct. Tsar Nicholas II. Correct. And I want to say George V. One of the Georges. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's George V. Bloody love my history. Um, 
And he's, of course, brilliant. Uh, so I, think, I don't know what I was really expecting. I thought I was just expecting a bit of a rump, but it was so much more. Um, so much more. It was um, It was really clever. It's And it felt sort of, it was giving me um, Grand Budapest Hotel vibes, but mixed with... Okay. War. Yeah. But, I mean, there was that kind of, and you know what I mean by like the, that Grand Budapest Hotel thing. which Wes is, Anderson vibes. A, yeah, very much Wes Anderson. There's a serious, serious undertone, a serious storyline, a serious message. But the facade is hilarious. So, you know, Risa fans as Rasputin doing a beautifully choreographed dance fight scene. Um, I mean, I can already see your face trying not to laugh. Like, yeah. How can you not laugh? That great. But there was also peril and terror with it. And I thought it was genius. And I think like Ray Fiennes is one of those actors that people, if you've never seen him in something where he does that deadpan funny posh He's so thing, funny. He's so, he's so good. good. It just had me in stitches. What's like and I... funny, not funny, but just interesting about Ray Fiennes is when he started out, like, have you ever seen The English Patient? Yes. I mean, he that's what I like always a, go to. Kind of heartthrob. And now he's kind of, lo- he has kind yeah. of lost his looks. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with the way he looks, but he's not dashing like he used to be. And now he's just a character actor and I absolutely love it. And he, he does so many different roles. It's and it's not just the posh, like, stoic, handsome man. It's, you know, various different roles. He's, he's done loads. And I really, like, respect him for going down that route. I do. And I, th- I almost feel like, when you've done something like The English Patient, and, you know, a lot of theatre and classical type acting. Um, I reckon he's just having fun now. Yeah. You know, in the twilight of his life. Well, um, he's not that old, Just is having he? a... No, I mean, I am just... I'm, I'm killing You're him. You're ageing him massively. I'm ageing <laughs> him disrespectfully. Um, but, you know, he's he's more... He's in the, the later years of his prime. Um, and he's just having good fun with it and doing the stuff he really loves because he can. And why not? Why not? Like, I genuinely think if you... Um, or I generally would say if if you were looking for something that oh and and this is kind of sometimes when I what I quite like about a film is when something makes you go and Wikipedia it yes you know please tell me the history of you know Franz Ferdinand's wife yes. where does she come from have to do that um you know the assassination what what kicked off World War World War One what then happened after that um you know Rasputin's history and all that kind of stuff and actually that a film that makes me still think about it and want to talk about it after I've watched it and also proper belly laugh. That I mean, that's that's got to be a great piece of cinema, right? Sounds great. I mean, I didn't really like the first Kingsman. Found it a bit naff and a bit misogynistic at times. Um, so if I didn't like that, would I like this? Yeah, I think you would. Because actually, I don't think you need to have watched Kingsman 1 or 2 to watch The King's Man. I mean, it would it would give you more joy to get to the end of it and be, spoiler warning, they form The King's Man. Okay, that's a given. That's um, a given. That is the point of the film. Um, but I don't actually think that you need to have watched Kingsman to enjoy it. I think you could kind of... It's like a standalone it piece. A, yeah, okay, good. It's, it's a sequel, a prequel that doesn't rely on... Any prior knowledge. No, I, I think you could still enjoy it if you haven't seen them. And... Um, I think I'd give this another solid four blues. Okay, great. Is it directed by the same guy? Is it Matthew Vaughan who did those ones? Yeah, yeah, same guy. Because okay. it's all based around um, graphic novels, isn't it? I don't know. I don't really have much interest in the Kingsman films, but... I learned that from the credits, Lucy. Okay, well, I maybe I will give that a go. Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah, okay. Now we come to my something old. Um, 
So I'm do going, we now, Lucy? We do. I'm going to talk about a film that I always think that I love, and whenever I watch it, I'm like, "This is weird. This is tonally all over the place." And they've they've started making this film with one idea, and halfway through, they've just gone, "No, we're just going to make it something completely different." But I still love it because I think I'm just in love with Nicole Kidman in it. So the film is 1998 film practical magic which i always used to watch around halloween um but watched it more recently it's just not that good a film it's just i forget every time um it's so shit it's so strange like it starts off like kind of a romantic comedy they have these weird musical interludes then it goes quite dark horror it does not know what it wants to be but we talk about you know i said earlier like has anyone looked better on film than keanu in point break Nicole Kidman would like a word because in this film I'm just obsessed with her hair she is peak her Nicole face, Kidman she's just so stunning and this is opposite Sandra Bullock who is also the hair the skin the face yeah beyond stunning and together they're just you just don't get that anymore like these mega stars acting oh. against each other like they're sisters in it um, no and the aunts I think it's Stockard Channing and Diane Weiss who are like the witchy aunt and the scenery, like it's just stunning, and all of that is great. And it kind of starts off quite lighthearted, and then so yeah, they're basically witches living in I don't know, but it's really nice. I guess it's like around small town America, Massachusetts, somewhere on the coast. And um, Nicole Kidman's character kind of leaves and falls in with a bad dude, Goran Viznich. Um, and oh yeah, it is, isn't yeah. It? from ER and other things. Um, and it just, the tone is just all over the place. I watched it with Aaron the first time and he was like, is this supposed to be a romantic comedy? I was like, yeah, I, I always forget that it's actually like very strange and it does not know what it wants to do. But I wish it had been either like, you know, like Hocus Pocus. Like I know that is quite childish, but I love it. Or The Craft, which is also, is much more like grown up. But it's kind of this weird in-between like, you never really see them being witches. It's a, do you know what? Lucy, that's an amazing, amazing something old. Because funny enough, I saw something yesterday that cropped up on one of the social medias um, talking about how like amazing Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman look ah, in, they in are. the film. And I have such a fondness for Practical Magic. You just think you love but it, you are, but it's not a good film. But you are totally right. It's tonally mental. Would you like to have like, a guess of what percentage it's got on Rotten Tomatoes? Because I did check this earlier. Oh, audience or critics? Mm, I don't know. Audience, let's say. Oh, let me let me actually just check. But um, I I reckon that it's got a high audience score of about seventy six. Okay. And a critic score of twelve. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I'm just seeing these lovely pictures of uh, Nicole and her flaming hair. Aren't they beautiful? My as well? word, she's just. Ugh stunning in this film so the critics consent so the well yeah so critics 21 percent oh but the audience is 73 so you were very close on both counts not a bad guess it's the nostalgia it's the 90s it's the scenery it just you remember all the good bits and all the like drinking tequila and singing put the lime in the cooking and just that aspect of it and you forget just how it jumps from her husband dying and she's really sad and then they kill a man and it's just like bizarre it's so bizarre 
but I will always watch it because I love it. That's the thing about like a nostalgic fondness for something or about nostalgia in general is you forget things like the tone makes no sense. Did they get a new director halfway through? It jumps. Who wrote this script? And all you remember is like how fun. And you mentioned like Hocus Pocus and The Craft because I remember watching those films and thinking, I wish I was a witch. And I think that's what it is about something like Practical Magic. Plus Sandra Bullock. She's my fave. The aesthetic it was all- is just in the house. And yeah, oh. she, her hair, her hair is so long. And she wears these like vest tops and these maxi skirts. And she just looks, she's like stunning. And then you've got Nicole, who's like sort of polar opposite looks wise, but just together and they really crackle. And I, I heard something, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it kind of mentioned Practical Magic. And it was like, that's just a gay film. Like, it's just a gay film. They pretend they're sisters. It's like, no, they're in love with each other. It's like, yeah, you could... It would buy it more if they were actually just lovers. I'd believe that. Like when they're in the, I'm not saying there's a sexual element to the film, but just their closeness and their their chemistry. Like it's a bit wasted, you being sisters. You should kiss. Don't give anyone any ideas because there'll be a remake now, and it will be. They will be gay. I would love. I mean, put them both in it again. I still love them both. Controversially, not a massive fan. I know. Of I know Kidman. you don't like her, but. But I, I will I will concede that in Practical Magic and um, Days of Thunder, when she was really she a, really a natural redhead. No, she's I mean she's a great actress and recently maybe it's the hair I hate red hair. Her hair's the best thing. No, maybe, no I mean maybe I like her natural hair. Oh yeah, but it's you know now it's blonde. Maybe it's after that that it upsets me. But I do feel Don't like know. with Nicole Kidman, she's done so many interesting roles. Like recently, when she could have just gone down a kind of um tall and blonde route but like she was in top of the lake she was in lion quite unglamorous roles where she just didn't look like a movie star and she was just acting like i think she's and like big little lies i don't know if you ever watched big little lies no i have not absolutely fantastic show the first series is good the second one not so much she's great in that um yeah i just love her big nicole fan over here and i love sandra and i watched their proposal the other day as well with ryan reynolds yeah she does uptight very yeah, well. She one. does uptight very well. My girl. Do you know what? I have a real hankering now to go and watch Speed. Oh my God. I was actually thinking about Speed. I was like, mm, something Keanu, old. Sandra. That's it. That, oh yeah. Beauty. Joe's out tonight. Maybe my Valentine treat to myself. Just go and watch Speed. Oh my God. That's the that's the <laughs> love you need in your life from them two right there. There you go. So, what, a, what a fantastic something old, something new. My, I mean, I need this. to blueberry it and I'm going to give it two blueberries. And oh, yeah, one is fair. for Nicole, yeah. one is for Sandra and the way they look. And that's all. I can't really give it much that's more. That's it. And some of the scenery. Okay. It's so bad in many ways. But, you know, you just, the nostalgia makes you love it. And I'm like, I will watch it again because I forget. Yep. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, nah, 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 this is weird. This bit's weird. I feel you there. <laughs> ah. Great, great selection. I'm delighted with this. Yes, I think we've done well. Very well indeed. Uh, you've done an excellent job of keeping us on track, Lucy. Thank you. I do try my best. Um, what is up next for us? I have no idea. So I would be interested to hear what is happening next on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to make some assumptions if about what know. will be happening in the coming weeks. Uh, it will be my birthday in two weeks' time. Ooh, so that's very exciting. 17 again. 
17 again, not even legal drinking age. Uh, so I'll be staying home with a cup of tea and some biscuits. Nice. Uh, but I do believe that we have lots of exciting things happening, uh, such as uh, there will be another How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That coming up soon. Uh, not only that, but we will also be looking forward to the next instalment of John and Gaz's The Worst of Netflix. Oh, yes. uh, and we will be back in a few weeks' time with uh, the next Something Old, Something New. I do believe that we've got quite a few exciting event movies coming up so just as another something new if you haven't seen it go check out the super bowl full trailer for dr strange at the Multiverse yes of they were talking about this at work i haven't watched it and i haven't even watched the lord of the rings trailer yet i don't know what's wrong with me with trailers i go a bit funny sometimes i get a bit anxious about it i don't i don't seek them out yeah me neither um, but but these are these are all big event things that we will be covering um as they come onto the big and little screens uh, in and around us so so that's roughly what i believe is coming up next as i tell you with my practically magic crystal ball <laughs> sounds good to me all right well thank you for joining me emma um i hope you enjoy your valentine's date with sandy and keanu sitting I on will. the bus thank you um i hope that you find something suitably uh wonderful equally wonderful to watch for your valentine's too and happy valentine's to all our listeners yes, happy valentine's well we're on season five of the wire so it's going to get romantic Ooh. up in here proper romantic I cannot intense, wait for that to be like my it. something old slash something new once I've watched the whole season and I can go in on the wire on the podcast oh it's gonna be great I cannot wait either maybe the next super one super exciting well thank you very much Lucy for hosting you've been super thank you Emma for turning up turning on tuning in too right and now it's time for us to clock out thank you listeners thanks for tuning in stay safe and we will see you soon bye bye <laughs>